Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There were two more murders 15 miles well, away. Arrived, the found the the we have a, a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Murder. We hear about serial killers from all around the world. But, according to sources, Hong Kong only bred two serial killers in its history. On January 27, 1971, one of these men were born. He would go on to terrorize the town of Tuen Mun and leave women fearful for their lives. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Tuen Mun was a satellite town in Hong Kong built with the idea of community. Instead, it became famous for broken families, latchkey kids, drugs, and low income. This is where a boy named Lam Kwok Wai, born January 27, 1971, was raised in a crammed one-bedroom apartment where he lived in relative silence with his father, stepmother, and four siblings. The move to this town left him feeling alone and withdrawn. His schoolwork suffered, and at just 15, he dropped out completely and began associating with a local gang. He would kill time by committing petty crimes, such as shoplifting, getting into fights, and road racing. Not only was he a criminal, but he was quickly becoming an alcoholic. On April 24, 1992, after a night of heavy drinking, Lam saw a 19-year-old girl and began following her. As she got into the elevator and the door began to close, Lam burst in and attacked her. He strangled her until blood spots appeared on her cheeks and eyelids. When she woke, she was in a pool of her own blood, jeans pulled down, and her virginity gone. Unfortunately, rape was a common occurrence, and her case was lost with all the others. Over the course of ten months, he brutally strangled and raped four other women. The rapid succession and clear M.O. finally caught everyone's attention, and the people of Tuen Mun began fearing a serial rapist was on the loose. Then came the day when one of his victims didn't wake up after their strangulation. Around 4 a.m., 50-year-old Li Hing was returning home from a Mahjong game when she entered the elevator to her apartment. Just like before, Lam Kwok Wai entered the elevator and began strangling the woman. He then dragged her to a nearby staircase, raped her, and left her to die. The public slipped into a panic. The police were criticized for lack of response, and people coordinated marches and demonstrations. Yet, this community that was so willing to organize and criticize was the same community who ignored the screams when a woman was attacked and even stepped over Lee Hing's body hours before anyone reported the murder. Police were working covertly to catch the man. They set out a group of undercover female officers as bait all over the city, climbing in and out of elevators to draw the killer's attention, while every man convicted of domestic violence, assault, or sexual crimes were looked into thoroughly. Yet, Long Kwok Wai, being just 21 with no previous sexual offenses, remained off their radar. 
A few months after Lee Hing's murder, Lam called an old school friend and told him he killed someone. Feeling conflicted, the man called the police but only said, your photo fit thinner in the face, before hanging up. This all allowed him to claim another victim, Mak Sui Han, age 22. Again, around 40 people walked over her body before her murder was reported. Worried he was about to be caught, he fled to Hung Ham, where his sister lived. While there, he murdered Lao Sui Ma, age 23. The change of location didn't help, and due to his distinctive signature, police knew their killer had moved. While there, he also raped another woman, but she survived and was able to struggle home. On August 8, 1993, he attacked and raped a 21-year-old woman. Yet, right in the middle of his attack, he abruptly stopped and began chatting with the girl. And remarkably, she chatted back. This quick thinking saved her life. Before letting the girl go home, he asked if she would be his girlfriend and arranged a movie date the next evening. She told her brother, a correctional officer, who took her to the police to file a report. The police who could only spare two men, set up a stakeout and used the girl to lure the killer. The plan was simple. When Lom showed up for the date, the girl would scratch her head, signaling police to make an arrest. However, when Lom showed up and she began scratching, nothing happened. With the police preoccupied, the girl resorted to screaming. This got their attention, and they ran after Lom, who began running as soon as the girl yelled. Once in custody, Lom gave police a sob story. According to him, he only attacked these women out of desire to be loved. After befriending him, Lom confessed to the two murders. Shortly after, he began screaming, threw himself on the ground, and began banging his head on the tiles. When police restrained him, his eyes were vibrating in their sockets, and he whispered, I can see them. They're watching me. I can see their ghosts going round the table before promptly falling asleep. During trial and subsequent interviews, Lom showed his obsession with the murder weapon, his hands, which he referred to as his fork. He believed it was a tool designed especially for murder. He was eventually convicted of 10 rapes and 3 murders. He was given 11 life sentences. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 28th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, Easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.